Alrighty, folks, it's uh, time now for another episode of the General Knowledge Podcast, episode number 24, in fact. And I, of course, uh, am here joined with my brothers in arms. I've got Ethan Nash of TOTT News and Andy Soames, my good compatriot here from Real News Australia as well. Boys, how are we going? Uh, Ethan, I'll bring you in first, mate. How's things? Yeah, good, General. Good to be back on. I obviously missed the last episode, so it's good to be back here and... As we were just discussing off air, it just it just doesn't seem to end. There's just more and more news that continues to pop up before our eyes. So looking forward to getting stuck into it today, mate. Yeah, good stuff. And just goes to show you how fucked we are when you don't have power. Hey, like you couldn't do anything. You had no power at your place from that person who <laughs> ran into the pole or whatever. And Gonski until late that night, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And then, and you know, I'm not someone that, um, you know, obviously loses their mind when there's no power and stuff. I find other things to do like read and whatnot, but it certainly does sort of sum up um, or sort of remind me of, of just the, the necessity that we have on things like electricity and modern technology for tasks like this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we, we take it for granted, but how much more difficult would communication and things be without electricity and these resources that we have before us? So it was definitely, uh, yeah, it was a bit uh, frustrating knowing that I, I really couldn't do anything except yeah. uh, just wait it out. But um, good to be back, mate. Yeah, good. It's, yeah, it's not like we're sitting here doing this podcast podcast with a battery-powered ham radio so <laughs> we it's done with computers yeah. and shit so we, we need power <laughs> um all right uh andy you there brother thanks for joining us today uh, i'm here general yeah the, the here. band is back we're, we're back we're back in a new gig <laughs> we're hitting it hard today <laughs> oh man so much to talk about the world's officially absolutely like batshit crazy, and um, we're going to like talk a little bit about it today uh, for maybe an hour or so. We could talk for the next twenty-four hours, but you know. yeah, yeah. However long it takes, man, we've got a few topics we want to sort of cover. We've got a few main ones, I think. Before um, I started recording, I mentioned we've got. <clears throat> There's two two key articles I wanted to go over of Ethan's at tottnews.com and um, one that I put up today on realnewsaustralia.com. So before we get to those, though, I figured we'd just just have a bit of a chinwag and um, you because know, you were just you were just yeah just machine gunning topics at, at Ethan and I about all these things that's happening and we we're like yes yes oh yes oh yeah there's this too there's fucking so much going on. Um, so I figured let's just have a chat about a few of those before we get into the um, the deeper issues at hand. Anyway, um, I think one of the first things. We've all probably seen stuff, um, you know, in our our Facebook and social media feeds, because that's of course how we got to get all our news these days. Um, with regards to all these protests happening over in Hong Kong, and um, you know, there's well, the ten ten weeks um, straight now, Andy, um, with uh, with these with these yes. terrorists, as you said, they're called now. Uh, yes, that's right. Well, well, originally ten, you know, ten weeks ago, they were concerned citizens, and of course now China um, uh, has rolled out a new label for these people, and it's terrorism. So, uh, like we're saying off air, it it sort of uh, gives gives me a creepy feeling that the new labels that they put onto these people will almost green light. Uh, violence against them um, by the military. Uh, so, yeah, we, we shall watch that space. Mm. What's your, uh, there what's was, your take? There was reports of, 
heavy military gear, um, tanks and whatnot, brought to the border as well too as a show of force. So. What's your take, Andy, um, on their actual cause? Like, just just reiterate, I guess, for folks out there who maybe they're not actually paying too much attention to it, but um, yeah, what's your take on, on, on the reason why they're, they're doing these protests? Okay, well, like um, coming out of World War II, um, Hong Kong was given a 70-year license to basically, um, you know, govern itself and, uh, you know, like free from from China or Japan or anything like that. So so in the 70 years... It was like, governed as like a British Hong- colony, wasn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah, originally. I mean, that was, that was what, what the fight was all about. So they basically handed it over to the, to the people. And, um, uh, and since then, of course, it's prospered very, very well. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, uh, what have we got? Like 70 years, like it's nearly three generations of, of business people and, and people who've enjoyed their freedoms, um, you know, and, uh, you know, built, built industry and, and, uh, a, a big banking sector and and enjoyed you know basically uh, a western democratic way of life and and now it's been handed back to um the chinese uh the chinese with a heavy hand want to take it over and to implement their way of life into um for for you know for the population in hong kong so so quite rightly um you know like there's a there's a big pushback i mean you know mm. the hong kong people uh, are as westernized as as all three of us they so. are aren't they they're very it's a very oh. westernized part of asia i would say for sure yeah yeah so you can understand the, the the pushback you know like like can you imagine you know like almost overnight a, a, like a chinese rule rolling out in in uh, in australia almost overnight and then the pushback for for that kind of extreme kind of you know communistic type behavior like straight up so mm. well didn't didn't mainland uh, beijing you know didn't they say they wanted to implement that that new extradition law so anyone in hong kong who's i guess you know done something wrong by the government will then be sent back to the mainland to be imprisoned or suffer through their laws over there basically isn't isn't that what part of that was about too yeah absolutely yeah yeah that's so they were all blowing yeah. up like we don't want to be extradited back to mainland we want to be you know if something happens we want to yeah. go through our own judicial system here in in hong kong and in the way it always has been you know um mm. and then they, of course there was all this you know pro democracy stuff with regards to how they want to run their... I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder who's... who's yeah, there's, is there... There's a lot of students and things, so who, who's funding them? There's always someone behind all these movements, whether it's, you know, anti-democracy or pro-democracy or whatever, you know, uh, pro-communism, mm-hmm. anti-communism. There's always money behind it and, and people pushing these people to do this sort of stuff. I don't, I don't think it's... There may have well been concerned citizens and stuff, but... You know, movements this big to me, it just it just reeks of there's someone someone else behind it pushing it. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, I don't know. I guess um, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't want to live under that particular Chinese rule. And I think Hong Kong's managed to uh, you know, you know they've thrived under their own systems and stuff for many many years now. So why not keep that going? You know, um, I don't know. Ethan, what do you what do you take? Um, what's your take on that situation over there, brother? 
Yeah, mate. Well, it's 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 certainly interesting, and it's interesting to me, and I've been paying attention to it for a couple of reasons. And the first one is that China is obviously, in my estimation, one of the key drivers behind this technocratic surveillance state that we've been talking about yep. that's emerging. They're actually the ones developing the technology. They're the ones with these implementations of these systems like social credit. So it's interesting to me because um, under that system, um, obviously, they're the ones leading this. So any disruption that happens on 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 that side of the world, I'm obviously interested in. But second um, of all is I'm paying close attention um, to the media coverage as well, and, and and more particularly how they're trying to contain some of these notions that they're seeing in Hong Kong spread to the mainland. Because when you think about it, China has one of the the most dense population on the planet. You know what I mean? There's just so many people over there. So any form of, of uprising in the 21st century or or revolt or, or different understanding of, of the society that they're living in could be catastrophic to the state over there. So mm-hmm. it's interesting on one hand to see how China, you know, these people are pushing back. But it's also interesting um, this week, Hong Kong protesters were burning the Chinese flag. So what the media have done in China is they've, they're, they're almost um, touching upon a nationalist emotion of the people over there to say, look at these traitors that are burning the flag, which is an offence on mainland China. Well, you see, so instead yeah. of painting them, yeah, well, instead of, you know, painting these people as, you know, freedom fighters and all this type of stuff, they're painting them as anti-nationalist rogues who are out to hurt the state to yeah, keep well, the like Chinese population like on the main bay. Exactly, yeah. So they're painting them out to be like mm. this so that these people just don't wake up. And I think it's really fascinating to see. And, and obviously, you know, we're talking about the technocratic state. We're seeing the Hong Kong protesters using phenomenal laser light shows to bypass the facial recognition technology. Like, we're seeing from all angles um, a very interesting situation occurring over here and, and not just specifically relating to, you know, the laws and this whole push for China with Taiwan and all of these surrounding nations to sort of, sub, you know, by stealth gain control over them again and the pushback. Bigger than that, we're seeing so much happening on the front of the technocratic state and obviously what we can do in, in opposition to this. So it's very interesting in, in my eyes, General, from those angles. Yeah. Hey, did you guys see um, footage? I'm, I'm not sure who put it up. It might have been Channel 9, but it was at QUT uh, in the city and there was um, some of these pro-Hong Kong democracy groups, these Asians, students that are here, you know, rallying and showing their support for their comrades in Hong Kong. And then... Some fisticuffs broke out with between some pro-China, pro-communism um, students who then started with a walking around with a speaker blaring the Chinese national national anthem and you know trying to get these other pro you know the pro-democracy pro-Hong Kong kind of guys you know you know giving it like I said have a bit of fisticuffs and trying to push push them away and it was full on like. You know, it's just funny mm. how that sort of thing is actually spreading here. And there's there's these people here enjoying our way of life and, you know, studying abroad and, you know, enjoying how we do things here. But they're walking around going, yes, we want 
you know, pro-communism, pro-China, blah, blah, blah. It's like, fuck, man, you want that shit? Go back over there. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What, what are you doing trying to push that stuff here? Like, yeah, you've got the freedom to do so, but I mean, if you love it so much, then why are you here? <laughs> anyway. Exactly. Ma- well, little... imagine if I tried to do that over there. Well, imagine you'd be if arrested I did that for sure. Yeah, a exactly. Chinese university, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it really shows you where... Yeah, goodbye, Ethan. It shows you black you where hole. allegiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shows you where the allegiances lie underlying you know what i mean whenever something pops up about china chinese people over here are very staunch to defend and critique even if they do consider themselves quote-unquote australian citizens you know what i mean so Mm. it's it's very interesting to see you know what i mean yeah all right um moving on now i did want to sort of um theorize a little bit with you fellas now we have seen obviously most recently the the well somewhat the news that jeffrey epstein has been uh suicided i mean committed suicide um <laughs> in uh sure. in that prison in or well, the holding prison in uh new york uh over there in the states now of course you know, those just just you know search some independent media for jeffrey epstein if you want to find out exactly who this character is and what he's all about but um you know what i just want to hear what your thoughts and what your theories are and I mean, do you guys think he's actually dead? Do you think maybe it was a ruse to keep him protected in the, you know, witness protection? Um, did they, you know, did they switch the body out? Yeah, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this because I'll, I'll, I'll just kick it off, kick the ball rolling here. But from what we were all told in the beginning, he was on suicide watch. Um, but then it, it was, it broke that the day that he was found deceased, um, he had actually been taken off suicide watch. Um, so he was obviously, you know, didn't have to be checked upon and all that sort of stuff that they talk about. And there's no way there was even, um, I think people who had spent time in the prison that he was in, um, saying that there is literally no way you can hang yourself in those, in those, um, cells. There's nothing to hang anything on. Um, yeah, there's, there's no fittings or fixtures, no lighting things you could, you know, drape it over. Apparently he was hung with the bedding, but the bedding they use is almost paper-like and would not support, you know, 150, 100, 200 pound of body weight that, you know, he would have weighed and it would have just snapped and broken. Um, so there's a lot of these, uh, things that are actually coming to play that sort of shoots down this, this narrative, the official narrative that he's committed suicide. And of course... Yeah, I'm on the bandwagon that yeah he was suicided, as in he was killed and made to look like a suicide. But um, that looks like to me it appears that there's too many holes in that. Of course, the official story, which is always the way. Um, uh, Andy, what, what did what do you make of this man? Do you do you reckon that he did commit suicide, or you know, just I just want to hear your thoughts on this and let's just play with this one for a little bit. Uh, yeah, look, these things. It's just so it's so American, isn't it? It's so like it's almost it, it's almost childish. Um, God, what do I think? Like we all we, we knew this was coming as soon as he so was incarcerated. Much, I reckon yeah. I was like, well, this guy's going to be killed <laughs> like straight away. I was, yeah. There was no way this guy's going to survive if he's in a in a prison. I think yeah, we you and me had this conversation like before. Like uh, it, it's obvious to me that this guy was was protected elite for many decades and then all of a sudden he's thrown under the bus like um 
you know, like these are the kind of people that things just don't happen to. They don't, they don't get arrested for, you know, evading tax or they don't get, get arrested for rape or, mm. you know, they don't, they don't get arrested for, you know, anything. The law doesn't touch them. So, so for him to be like brought out in the public and, and thrown under the bus in this way means that he's been sacrificed for, for some reason by, by elite society. Um, you know, so I, that's kind of the bigger question to me. Like, like why is he being like picked out? And the, the thing about, you, you know, like, um, you know, the, the, the charges of, of child rape and all of that sort of thing. I'm not buying any of that. I, I'm buying, um, I'm buying the fact that he's, he's done something wrong within the upper circles. Yes, of course, he's probably a child rapist and all of the things that have been said if he's mixed up with, like, um, you know, Clinton's. So so I'm, I'm buying into all of that. But why he's being dragged out in the public um, is, is, a, is a bigger thing. Um, whether, he's, whether he has been um, bumped off and finished off before he can say any more or whether his body's been swapped out and he's been moved to some, you know, remote location to spend the rest of his days. I'm not really sure. It's all, it is a bit of theatre, though, mm. um, with so much happening in the couple, last couple of weeks. I'm sort of wondering whether it's kind of like a, a distraction tool as well. Lee, so. Well, it's funny because they had all those shootings over there. Before I throw to you, Ethan, you know, they had those, those two, I wouldn't say mass shooting, but I guess shootings again and people killed over there. Um, and then as soon as they started, as soon as that happened, then, um, you know, they, or was it vice versa? I can't remember now. Then, then the Epstein thing sort of just disappeared and, um, people kind of forgot all about that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's definitely theater and, um, there's a lot of public perception manipulation happening, um, as well. But anyway, Ethan, what's, uh, what's your take, man? What do you reckon? Theorize if you want. I don't care how, how crazy you, how wild you want to be with this one, but go for it. Yep. Yeah, no, it's 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 a very interesting story. Obviously, Epstein's been in the US media for a number of years, mm. you know, in, in relation to things like this, has served jail time before, you know, so he's a very public figure that um, almost was a loose end to, you know, this, this if it is true that there is this elite group of, of individuals who, you know, which it wouldn't surprise me that are involved with these global sex trafficking networks and um, you know, get involved with all of that stuff for their own personal, um, almost corrupted evil means. Like, that wouldn't surprise me um, that, that that's happening. In terms of this story, though, um, you know, I haven't really paid much attention to it. I'm, I'm of the belief that a lot of things that, you know, end up in the mainstream media in front of our eyes are almost, you know, made-for-TV scripts, you know what I mean? And in this case, I, it wouldn't even surprise me if Epstein wasn't dead. It almost looks like, you know, he, he was almost a loose end of this group of people. He was getting too sloppy. He keeps getting caught. And now it's getting to a point where it really is undeniable and it could lead to something that exposes... Um, a greater picture with this so you know get him arrested get him out of there fake the death put him off on some island somewhere wherever he's going now and 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 just keep him out of the spotlight so that he doesn't ruin it for anyone at the anymore and at the same time 
use the death story as a, as a way to distract the public from, from other things that are going on. So they sit there and theorize and, and try to work out how he actually died and all this type of stuff. You know, it wouldn't surprise me that, yes, this is real, that there is things going on that Epstein's involved in, that he is a sex trafficker, that he was arrested. But in terms of the whole death, it almost seems like this whole death thing was a was a made-for-theatre show to distract us while, you know, he just lays low for a bit and, and the whole thing continues. That's that's sort of my general thoughts on that, um, General. I'll throw it back to you just to see if, if you had any thoughts on that as well. I did, and look, to me, I think, yeah, you kind of sort of touched on it there. But look, in, in my point of view, I think the... Whether he is guilty, not guilty, whether he's dead, whether he's alive, it doesn't really matter because now the status quo will simply continue. You know what I mean? Like these, mm, <laughs> whether he yeah. had names or, and, and details and video and you know, imagery of the things and the people of him, you know, because we had like, you know, there's logs of like Clinton and a whole bunch of people going on, on his Lolita Express air, you know, airplane to Lolita, you know, his pedophile island, and um, there's a list of celebrity names as long as they're armed that are, you know, have gone with him on these things, and um, you know, mm. uh, whether uh, from what I can garner, he was probably not blackmailing, but I guess creating himself a bit of a safety net by, you know. Yes, he was probably doing some nefarious things with regards to his investments and all this sort of stuff, um, and which made him, you know, a billionaire. And um, he was probably helping and colluding with some very high, high-profile, powerful people, and then, of course, getting them to go along with his little pedophile jaunts to where his, his island was and doing what they did to, you know, underage boys and girls and. He probably recorded a lot of this and has copies and that just to protect himself. And, um, you know, maybe he wasn't playing ball with what they wanted or vice versa. Who knows? And he threatened to, to pull the, you know, to to expose all this perhaps. And, um, you know, but regardless, I think the status quo will simply continue. Those, the, all Anyone who was involved with him will simply keep doing what they were doing. And he's now out of the picture and um, it'll soon leave the news cycle. And uh, that'll be done with it. will be the last we'll hear of him and... Like I said, the status quo will probably continue. That's what I reckon. Um, I Absolutely. Yeah. And look, and just look, General, just look at what happened after, whether he's dead or not, whether, as you said, regardless of what happened, everyone raided his house, has got all of his possessions and evidence now all tuckly, you know, cut away so that no one can get to it mm. with the FBI. That's and a, that's that's, that's all that happens now, point. you know? That's yeah, exactly. a very good point. That could actually be the reason for the whole thing. Yeah. Well, they could have... See, so apparently... Um, uh, I did hear that, like they could, they they didn't do that prior to his death for for whatever there was a particular reason. But now that he's classed as deceased, it was sort of open slather on all of his his you know they they could then go and raid and do all this stuff and you know, obtain all mm. the files and everything else that they had on him and stuff. So it was open slather since he was dead. Um, whether it's to mm. uh, protect other people, I think it probably is. But um, look, he, he just wanted to even touch on that whole. You know, the, with that official narrative of yes, he apparently was taken off suicide watch by request of his lawyer, and I was listening to um, the Corbett Report podcast, and even you know they were even talking about it, and there was people saying, well, it doesn't matter whether your lawyer wants you taken off suicide watch or or, or not is doesn't mean you will get taken off suicide watch. There's protocol in place that you have to go through. He's got to have like face to face 
interview and assessments with particular people. He has to then get approved. There's a paper trial that has to take place. He doesn't just, you know, they don't, the lawyer yeah. doesn't just walk in and go, oh, we need him off suicide watch, and then the guards just do it. It doesn't work like that. So um, it, it's there's so many holes in the official story, it's not funny, but yeah. Um, like like we said, the status the status quo will still continue anyway. But status quo continues. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yep. They just tie up their loose ends and away they go. Anyway, um, well, mm-hmm. that's that's a few things we wanted to cover there. Before we um, we might just move on to the the other the main topics of of the day. But before we do, I'll just let everyone know we've um, you know the podcast is going very well. We're we're well and truly over the seven thousand downloads mark now. Um, there's even still plenty of people I have a look at the stats every now and again and people still go back and are playing episode one <laughs> you know like within the last 30 days it's had about nearly 30 you know 30 downloads alone and that's about the same sort of every month I've seen so uh, to me that says that there's new listeners coming on and they're going back and listening to it from the start all the way through you know so which is good so welcome to all the new listeners that we have out there make sure you do subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review if you could really does help yeah. um fantastic uh, and, yeah. a, and a special mm. shout out to the australian federal government that might be listening in um you know, get, a, <laughs> get a last voice <laughs> oh so good so good i love it oh you're the best Ando. so good um yeah anyway so i'll throw over to um to realnewsaustralia.com now so i only just put this up today so it hasn't gotten into circulation really just yet but um there's one I've sort of been meaning to put together for a little while, and I'll just go over it now, lads. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it or not, but um, I did remember seeing that there was a study uh, released not too long ago, and it was done by a university in Finland, and the basis of their, uh, well, the, the, the summary, I guess, of their study was that uh, anthropogenic global warming, so man-made cause global warming, was so insignificantly low um, that it it pretty much renders um, what was the the term they used here? I want to get this right before I just say it before I butcher it. But um, uh, where are we? Yeah. So during the last hundred years, the temperature increased about 0.1 degrees Celsius because of carbon dioxide. The human contribution of that was 0.01 degrees Celsius. So so insignificantly small um and the the report is actually talking about how it's um basically particles coming from space that are actually uh causing cloud cover and when there's lower amounts of particles coming through from from space into our atmosphere then there's less cloud cover um and that which then of course affects directly affects the the temperatures uh because of it because it re- creates like a reverse umbrella effect they're saying so this is what their result of their their, their peer-reviewed study uh actually says but anyway um the article if you uh folks want to go out there and, and have a look and read along or simply like and share is called pick and choose the climageddon bandwagon uh, so new studies and scientific investigations will always be done and will reveal new information that may, be, that may contradict the current paradigm, but will anyone be listening? Uh, so the governments of the world, thanks to the UN, have made climate alarmism the new fad. You will struggle to find one that doesn't toe the party line of we're all going to die because of climate change. We are constantly bombarded about how we need to stop climate change and take action on climate change. Billions of taxpayer funds are thrown at things like sustainability and climate change and green initiatives. 
While it's all well and good that we should cut down our wasteful ways and stop poisoning the planet, and in turn ourselves, but calling carbon dioxide the boogeyman is just plain stupid, and blaming humans for, for too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is plain anti-human. The alarmists claim that carbon dioxide is warming the planet, which will cause catastrophic weather events and in turn destroy us all. Movements like the Extinction Rebellion in Australia are wreaking havoc on major cities to try and get this false narrative across. They claim that governments aren't listening and aren't acting on climate change. And this is an excerpt here from ABC. Extinction Rebellion spokesperson Tom Howell told the ABC it was a citizen's duty to rebel which I actually do agree with, but in regards to climate, they're a bit nutty there. Anyway, uh, we cannot be ignored, he said. People are uncomfortable with disrupting other people's lives, but it's the best option we have left to get people talking about the climate emergency, to get the government responding to it, and to, uh, and to kind of make the economy pay attention to it. Because if people can't go to work, then the economy can suffer. Every other form of dissidence has failed. We've had our petitions, we've had marches, the government is not representing the people. Before I go on, I actually do agree with many of the points that he actually says there, but I think they're um, putting their energy towards the wrong things. But here we go. Moving on. Firstly, if you're going to make, the, make that claim, be specific. You don't mean climate change, you mean man-made climate change or anthropogenic climate change, because that's the basis of your argument. Simply saying climate change is asinine. The climate always has and always will change. There is no climate emergency. Secondly, governments around Australia are spending, wasting, incredible amounts of money on mitigating the fictitious man-made climate change. It's now built into their budgets, but apparently it's not enough to these protesters. What is their argument based on? The reports from the IPCC. It is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. And a quote from their website, Land is already growing... Uh, sorry, land is already under growing human pressure and climate change is adding to these pressures. At the same time, keeping global warming to well below 2 degrees Celsius can be achieved only by reducing greenhouse gas emissions from all sectors, including land and food. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change states in its latest report. The UN, with its hidden depopulation agenda, always is always labelling humans as the problem. They declare that global warming can only be stopped by reducing greenhouse gas from all sectors. However, the findings from a new peer-reviewed scientific study contradicts this narrative and shows that anthropogenic climate change does not exist in practice. This study provides an opportunity to rethink the impact of clouds on climate. When galactic cosmic rays increase, so do clouds. And when cosmic rays decrease, clouds do as well. So climate warming may be caused by an opposite umbrella effect. The umbrella effect caused by galactic cosmic rays is important when thinking about current global warming as well as the warm period of the middle medieval era. They discovered, and I quote, during the last 100 years, the temperature has increased about 0.1 degrees Celsius because of carbon dioxide. The human contribution of that was about 0.01 degrees Celsius. The following is a massive bombshell. Scientists at Finland's Turku University conducted the study and had this statement. We have proven that the GCM models used in the IPCC reports, AR5, cannot compute correctly the natural component included in the observed global temperature. The reason is that the model... Models fail to derive the influences of low cloud cover 
of local area cover fraction on the global temperature. A too small natural component results in too large portion of the contribution of the greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide. This is why 6J Kalpinen and M. Malmi IPCC represents the climate sensitivity more than one order of magnitude larger than our sensitivity, 0.24 degrees Celsius, because the anthropogenic portion of the increased CO2 is less than 10%. We have practically no anthropogenic climate change. The clouds, sorry, the low clouds control mainly the global temperature. And there's a link right there, folks. You can actually click on the report itself and have a read through it. And there's only, it's only like a, it's less than 10 pages, I'm pretty sure. So it's quite easy to understand as well. Um, moving on. So have any of these environmental protest movements taken the time to consider this new information? It appears not. Picking and choosing only the information that supports their position is the order of the day. Instead of considering the new study, they have doubled down on their stance and chosen to ignore any new information presented that counters their paradigm of imminent climageddon. Uh, and that is that's the end of the article there. But it's definitely evident, folks, because uh, in WA they're now you know there's even more protests from these uh, environmental groups uh, happening over there as well. They're still going to be con- going to continue to target uh, our major cities and disrupt everyone until we start paying attention to them and all this sort of shit. Uh, look, I I really wish we could actually take hold of these people and 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 focus their energy somewhere else where it's actually needed because you know they've they're very much behind this cause and they're again i i feel that these people are similar to the vegan protesters we had recently they're, they're just useful idiots um just want to get your thoughts on that i'll throw it over to you mm-hmm. ethan um man what do you what do you make of that do you would you agree that um you know that these people aren't listening to uh these new studies that are coming in and simply just picking and choosing the ones they want to believe to to uphold their current paradigm Absolutely general. And, and, and I also think it's um, it, go, it goes a little bit deeper than that, too, that um, a lot of people, unfortunately, in the modern world don't make their own decisions by themselves. They don't look at all of the evidence and come to a, a conclusion based on what they've researched, their perspectives, their beliefs. They're just fed information from other sources. And unfortunately, it ends up in a situation, as you've just mentioned, General, where well-intended people who may genuinely care about the planet, such as the vegan protesters, climate um, change, all this type of stuff, they're then led astray to become, you know, useful idiots mm. for the system. And, and and I think this is just another perfect example because, you know, as you mentioned, this report clearly shows that it doesn't account for the natural components of the world. And this is something that we see, General, all through um, the climate change debate and all of the climate change evidence it's it's almost this pseudo pumped up you know statistical data modeling projected all of this computer nonsense that really doesn't translate over to the real world and unfortunately when it comes to an issue if i could just step in there um, for those listening there they the ipcc doesn't consider these cosmic rays and the sun itself as a as a cause of climate uh, on our planet uh, and all their modeling and you can go through uh, and have a look all their modeling just like Ethan was saying all their computer modeling all this sort of stuff doesn't actually take into account these other sources of information like this report states that are actually proving that these are the reasons why we have the the effects on weather like cloud cover and all this sort of stuff they, they ignore it completely again what's another example of don't look won't find sorry mate 
No, that's that's a perfect um, point to, to interject there, mate. And as you mentioned, low cloud cover fractions are not included. Solar activity. There's even reports that don't even take into account the heat that is coming off the sea. They don't even include the sea, and it's the majority of the planet that we live around. You know what I mean? So there's picking and choosing. There's pseudoscientific things that are done there's there's manipulation of the language and this isn't just some conspiracy theory we spoke um on tottnews.com on the last member circle podcast about a report that was released that showed over 120 major australian scientific studies over the last 20 years have been found to be uncompromised or fraudulent in things like alzheimer's research everything what we see in the scientific community is people painting a picture that serves their agenda and then projecting it onto the public. And the problem with things like climate change and veganism and all these types of things, it's a, it genuinely pulls on a heartstring general. So mm. the, the movements get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it almost ends up in, in somewhat of a cult, whereas you've said people don't want to look at the other um, side of the evidence. They don't want to expand their horizons. The evidence is settled and this article i had a laugh um thinking back general do you remember i, I thought it was just a perfect testament how you know the, the, this movement is going upon the ipcc reports when obviously there's contradicting evidence and it just re reminded me of 2013 where you remember when 52 climate activists um, went out to the Antarctic to measure the effects of global warming, and then they got trapped in sea ice. Yeah, because all the ice was <laughs> yeah. apparently melting. It's like, and then they got stuck in the ice for months yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they had oh. to be helicoptered to another ship that got stuck as well because mm. there was so much ice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just that that story reminded me of what you've written about, General. Where it's yeah, on one hand, you may have all of this 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 information and in, in, in your own mind, but it never re reflects the reality in most cases. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Andy, um, just make sure you take yes. yourself off mute there too, brother. Yes. There we go. Um, yeah, man, what's um, I want to hear your take on, on this sort of stuff too, brother. Uh, look, okay. So, I mean, like both of you have documented very, very well, um, climate change is a complete hoax. Hundred percent. Like I've wait a minute, done wait a so minute. much research. Be, on be specific. You mean anthropogenic, man-made climate change, or climate change in general? <laughs> <laughs> I get angry at everyone who goes, you know, they go, "Oh, I don't believe in climate change." Oh, well, that's where they're trying to catch you out because climate change is a real thing, but it's natural. <laughs> so you got to be specific. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I'm talking about the political climate change. <laughs> Man-made climate change, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Talking of, I'm talking about the Greens, ALP, and now the Liberal Party's like climate change. Yes, yes, okay. Good. I just have to Gosh, clarify it because it drives me crazy when, yeah, you see on TV, it's all about, and all these protesters are saying, climate change, you've got, you've got to believe in climate change, climate change, climate change, and then you're like, yeah, everyone's going, ah, it's all fake, there's no climate change. Well, I'm like, wait a minute, be specific here. Do you mean... Man-made yeah. climate change, or do you mean climate change in general? So, because otherwise you'll get caught out there. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? You know, like you guys are talking about these protesters and that they're all of the same age demographic too, and most of them are university students. So you see where the indoctrination has ah, all come good from. Point. And it's all all built around emotional touch points too, because it's like so they've they've been indoctrinated in a position of fear. 
and and the you know and now they they're demonstrating their emotion right and it's and it's like they they they're bringing out their fear of life ending world ending and things like that um, in in the form of climate change protests so but you know let, let's 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 cut the let's cut the shit like let's get down to the brass tacks of the whole thing the whole thing is designed to uh, water down australian prosperity uh, to reduce our GDP and to make energy much more expensive than it has to be. So, mm. uh, if energy is more expensive, then um, then then people are going to profit from it. So, so the people that are propagating this this BS are going to profit from it. So, look where the money goes to, and that's where you find that's where you find the answers to a lot of the people that um, peddle this this bullshit. But it's, it's so disappointing, you know, um, not that I expected it, but a, a so-called liberal uh, government who was meant to be on the other side to to the left in this country and, and give us some sort of defence against this madness has now adopted it, you know, like, like lockstep with the um, the Greens and the ALP, so and the and of course the Democrats over in the US. So you know, there's no hope politically in this country for or for getting some common sense on on fake climate change. Um, you know, it's it's up it's it's been thrown back to the people of this country to try and defend ourselves as best we can from this absolute madness. Um, and I'm not sure. Did you touch on this thing with the Pacific Nations yet? Um, no, we didn't all? get to that. So um, I was going to segue uh, into that oh, one now, actually. Um, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I, I've made a few notes here too. Why um, it, it's the the most obvious polluter in the world would be China and India, right? So why aren't these protesters knocking down the doors of the Chinese and Indian embassies in all of the capital cities in this country? Yeah, exactly. Can somebody can somebody explain explain that to me? Why why are they lying on on the on the streets and gluing themselves to Brisbane CBD streets, trying to interrupt traffic? You know, when when the main Earth's polluters are sitting in an office only a couple hundred meters from where they're carrying on from, why not why not drag it out? Why not condemn China? You know, why not walk around with big anti-China signs down the street, anti-communist signs, like, and really get stuck into the major polluters of the world if you're fair dinkum, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's no, a, it's a absolutely brilliant and I'll, point. I'll, yeah, and Andy, I'll I'll just quickly expand on that. And the reason why I believe is because they're not meant to be effective. It's almost like these groups have some form of control at the top that almost puts them in a position where, um, you know, people are just hate them. You know what I mean? It's not effective. It's just interrupting everything. And then all of a sudden they're painted in a bad light. Think of all of the vegan protesters storming the farms, all this type of stuff. People don't react well to it. Almost, It almost seems like it's intentionally made like that. And what do we see happen when these types of things happen, Andy? you know, taped to roads, all this type of stuff, police get involved, and then next thing we see more tougher restrictions on protest regulations in this country. You know what I mean? Correct. So it's it's very interesting to, to see, you know, as you said, Andy, 
they can go. They could go to some of these major polluting companies, the headquarters of mining companies, the embassies to the biggest polluters in the world. But why are they just putting themselves in, in the middle of streets and, and, and not really doing anything? It almost seems to me like it, it, it was designed that way. Well, it's, I think it comes down to the, the modus operandi to the whole thing is to make Australia less prosperous, less productive, mm. reduce our GDP, make energy much, much more expensive to, to basically lower the, the living standards of, of the populace in this country. Um, this seems to be where I'm drawing my conclusion as the whole um, ambition of, of the climate change fraud, you know, like that that's their modus operandi, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I reckon if you um, went up and asked any of these useful idiots, um, you know, what the what the biggest green, uh, greenhouse gas is in our atmosphere, I guarantee you they'd all say carbon dioxide. I mean, I don't think most of them don't even realise that water vapour is actually what makes up something like. You know, eighty to ninety percent of our atmospheric gases is actually water vapor, and then under that you've got um, things like methane, nitrous oxide, and um, or nitrogen, that sort of stuff in our atmosphere, um, oxygen, other other gases and stuff, and you know a tiny sliver of our actual um, atmospheric makeup is carbon dioxide, and then within that tiny little sliver, you know, there's a point zero 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 something percent that's actually caused from human activity you know i mean it's just ridiculous and mm. and then they're saying oh yeah we need to curb all the all the carbon dioxide we're pumping out in there when stuff like you know a couple of major volcanic eruptions around the world will pump out more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere than humans have ever done in, in our existence in since the industrial revolution you know that sort of stuff like it's just ridiculous that they, they, they just fail to consider that you know all of this stuff that they've been told about, you know, the big boogeyman of carbon dioxide when, in fact, you know, we need carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. You know, I mean, take, for example, what a greenhouse is, and then that's what farmers use to increase their crop yields. You know what I mean? They will um, use these big greenhouses, literal, actual greenhouses, with all their plants inside there, have them sealed up, and they actually pump in carbon dioxide to help increase their yield. You know what I mean? Like it actually increases plant growth because they feed it. They feed off yeah. carbon dioxide. They need it to survive. And yet they're trying to tell us that we need less of it in our atmosphere. Like if there's less carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, <laughs> there's less less plant growth in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's just ridiculous. So they've just got, they've got it all backwards in my eyes. Um, but yet yeah, well, the Australian the, government the wants most... to... Sorry, Matt, go. Yeah. No, it's one of the most successful gardens in the world is like in the middle of New York City. Mm, there you go, surrounded by park. by carbon monoxide, and carbon dioxide, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like it's crazy there. Yeah, and then of course <laughs> now you've got the Australian government wanting to to to, to spend five hundred million dollars uh, for the Pacific Island nations um, around us um, to help mitigate climate change for them. You know, we've just we're now spending five hundred million dollars of our taxpayer funded dollars and throwing it to these island nations to help mitigate climate change. I mean, seriously, what is their impact on on climate change? You I mean, it would be so, so minute 
and yet all this money is being spent on it. Well, to me, it sounds like a payoff. I don't know what the what the deal oh, is. Look, it just sounds like so a payoff. Much, there's something something going on there. Remember, actually, it was the same figure that um, Turnbull threw at um, the the reef project thing. The in some company that was going to like research the barrier reef. Remember that a couple of years ago. No, I don't. But anyway, keep going. You remember that? Yeah, like, I remember um, that. You yeah. vaguely remember that one there? So it was $500 million that was apparently like like dumped on a company in cash. I mean, I'd love to know what we're getting for our money with that project. Mm. So here's another. Yeah, and wasn't, wasn't Turnbull like, yeah, I think Turnbull and everyone were involved with that. That was the big controversy. It was like the Great Barrier Reef Foundation or something, which, yeah, you know, was like a private company that had all of, um, you know, <laughs> investments from Turnbull and all this stuff. I can't remember the exact details, but it was a major conflict of interest. And, and you just see that everywhere through this environmental nonsense that we see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that um, article we shared it was back on uh, on our Facebook page on the 14th of August. Um, and it says, uh, so this funding will be used to protect communities and infrastructure from rising seas, <laughs> rising seas, and worsening storms, help nations recover after natural disasters, and ensure local health services are better equipped to respond to changing needs. That, that's basically what it says. The package will provide $500 million in funding over five years from next year and is aimed at encouraging Pacific nations to invest in renewable energy as well as climate and disaster resilience. Like I get the fact, yes, these little nations and I've been to like Samoa and stuff and I've seen the damage that a tsunami has actually done to them. But this is a natural occurrence. You know, tsunamis are caused from underwater volcanic eruptions and earthquakes. You know what I mean? So I don't know what's what what how much money you're gonna throw you can't throw money at that to prevent it. You can only throw money at that to perhaps, you know, put in place um barriers or disaster you know relief. that yeah, disaster relief to help rebuild their villages and things like that. That that I understand. Um but I mean when you're talking about what <laughs> rising sea levels, I just shake my head like far out. There's so much photographic evidence from people have put up photos from like the eighteen hundreds of, of this it's a really good one. And it's, I think it's in Sydney somewhere. There's like this little lighthouse sort of thing that's near Sydney um, in the bay there. And there's a photo of it in like from way back in the day. And it shows you the sea levels around it and the, and the tide markers and the water markers from the actual um, stone makeup of it. And then they show it to you now and it's, it's identical. Like it hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Like there is no fucking change. It's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fear mongering and stuff, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. absolutely. And, and you know, oh look, if you don't believe it, then all oh, yeah, it could happen to you one one day. The seas are going to rise a couple inches, and you know your, your your whole island will disappear under the ocean. Shut up! Like, come on, wake up, people! It's just bullshit. <laughs> oh, it makes me so frustrated. Hey, the absolutely. amount of money we're wasting on this shit when it's, it could be put to so many better uses. You know what I mean? So many better uses. Build, you yeah. know, help well, our just, help it, our health infrastructure and hospitals and staff and help schools and you know help the road infrastructure network. You know, um, you could build in like massive water pipelines from up in the you know the northern parts of Australia and help put it into drought affected areas. It would pay for all that sort of shit. But no, no, no. We've got to go and spend five hundred million dollars on these little island nations that will probably end up. You know, they're all fucking um, corrupt, dodgy little fuckers anyway. So. 
just going off to it. They'll, they'll, be, yeah. they'll, be, they'll be, and, probably be driving around in, you know, diesel-powered friggin' 4x4s <laughs> and stuff. That's what they'll go and buy themselves. Or like P&G did, you know, how P&G, the Prime Minister, went and bought like 10 Maseratis or some shit with all the money we've been giving them. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that's my <laughs> and, rant. And, and just to go in on that seat. Yeah. Love and just to continue Land. on that... Um, that sea level thing there, Lee. Um, Daniel Fitzhenry, who was a hydrographic surveyor, he actually published um, results about a hundred years of sea levels at Fort Denison in Sydney, mm-hmm. and found that um, in 1914 it was 1.11 meters, um, and in 2019 it's actually 1.05 meters. Yes. So the sea levels have actually gone down <laughs> in Fort Denison over the last hundred years. You know why? Because it's all <laughs> and, turning you know, to ice like in the Antarctic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, exactly. The, yeah, thing, exactly. the thing uh, people don't understand with uh, the Pacific nations around the rim of fire where you've got all of the earth plate technology. That's right, the like massive rim of, of fire. A lot of movement is you've got like a, a lot of plates and stuff moving up and down, all right? So some islands will go up and while at the other end of the plate they'll go down. So this is just this is just life. It's a I natural mean. cycle, and of that's course, right. And of course... And, of course, no one will focus on the area that's gone up. They'll only, like, zoom into the, the area that may have gone down. So this is where the fraud – this is where all the fraud is. That's it's right. Again, to do with picking and choosing yeah, the – That's only, a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, picking and choosing the information they want to show you. And, yeah, when they, you, again, so yep. the don't look won't find. So if you don't look for the information that will contradict it, they won't find it, and the narrative will continue. So anyway, um, let's mm. move on to uh, – to your stuff, Ethan. While we're still getting angry at the government, let's um, let's target them once again. <laughs> Take uh, which one do you want to go for? Do you want to go for the um, your land one, or do you want to go for the facial recognition? I'll leave it in your hands. Well, I might just um, yeah, no, thanks, mate. I might just quickly touch on the land ownership one because I think it relates to what we're talking about here and this overarching move that the world's going towards in terms of environment and land and and, and what's happening with the world. So. Just to, to just to quickly run um, over this article, it's an article on tottnews.com titled Land Ownership Papers to be Made Redundant. And uh, this is specifically relating to Queensland. And, and I'll just read out the intro here. It says, new announcements have revealed upcoming changes to land ownership documents with laws set to remove the option for physical paperwork associated with dealings of a property. The Queensland government has recently passed an amendment that will end the legal validity of paper certificates of title, now classifying all options outside of digital documents as redundant. So what we're seeing here, um, gentlemen, is that uh, the Queensland government has announced that um, your certificate of title, which is also a title deed, which is, you know, it's um, an official document which gives you evidence of your land ownership. It has mm-hmm. things on it such as, you know, the name of the owner, the particulars of the property, and and specifically, um, you know, it, it was used as, as proof that you were the owner of the house for whatever transactions that you were doing in relation to that. So what what's happening now is... Um, we've had an electronic system for many years since 1994, but the option for a paper certificate of title was still available um, upon the request of the owner. So you could still grab that. And in cases where you did have a paper certificate, that was the primary source 
over the electronic statements. Now, obviously, there's people out there for convenience and whatever over the last 20 years have decided to use electronic papers, but fundamentally, you still had all of the options open. But that's set to change from October 1st, 2019. And what's going to happen is they're actually going to become... Um, what they're going to become is, quote, an item of historic or sentimental value only and will no longer have any legal effect, end Bullshit. quote. That's from the from the Queensland government. So what we're seeing here, gentlemen, and I'll throw over to you first, General, because I know that um, you left a comment on this article. Um, mm. uh, you know, you obviously have seen it and we're thinking about it. In terms of this, what we're seeing, before we go into some of the concerns with it, what are your thoughts just on this fundamental thing that we are going completely to electronic certificates of titles now and any paper ship that you own proving that you are the, the owner of this house is said to be made redundant in favour of, of a digital system that is centralised, that is out of your control and is now in the hands of, of the Queensland government? What are your just basic thoughts on this after you heard it, General? I think it's really concerning, actually, because... You know, if, okay, so if I, if I do my tax, for example, and I say I've got, you know, all of these expenditures, you know, maybe I paid cash for some of my expenditures and I've got these deductions, I've got receipts for them. Um, if I don't have those receipts and I can't claim them, if they come and audit me, then I'll get in trouble for that. You know what I mean? So I've got proof mm -hmm. with a paper trail. Um, you maybe I, maybe I didn't want to, maybe my... my bank card wasn't working that day or maybe my chip on my card is busted and I couldn't use it or whatever it is and I had to use cash uh, to pay for some fuel or whatever for my equipment um, and then I'll get a receipt for that um, you know um, it's like they're saying that these that you know it, like we have to have receipts for this sort of stuff but now they don't have to have them anymore like they're, they're sort of they're removing the paper trail for some reason and I find this quite disturbing because in future, you know, so let's, let's say, you know, 30 years down the track or, you know, 15 years down the track, maybe we get um, EMP'd and, um, you know, all of our, this this data that's stored electronically is now erased or wiped or something happens and it's, you know, all the servers crash and it's, you know, this information is then lost. Anything you had written down on paper, they're saying the law states now that it's it means nothing in the eyes of the law. Um, so mm. it doesn't matter if you had a paper trail to prove that you were the owner of your land. Uh, well, sorry, the law states that that doesn't mean shit no more. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so concerning that they, they, they want to remove this paper trail from this. And to me, it's a move towards the removal of property rights altogether. Um, and that's why I said in the comment, mm. uh, that I left on your website there, cause in, in a sense, I'm not terribly surprised that they're going this way and this, I think this will it won't just be Queensland this will become a uh, a nationwide move uh, in the coming years we'll see more and more states take up this this thing they'll probably maybe Queensland's the testing ground for this I actually kind of thought that WA did this first but I could be wrong um, but uh, you know it, we've heard that um, one of the UN goals you know, in the long run is the removal of all property rights and um, for all citizens of the world. You know, what I mean that's one of their 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 agendas in all of this agenda twenty thirty and um, and all this sort of stuff. So uh, it's it's a very concerning yeah. move. And to me, it, that's what it feels like. It's a step towards. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if if Andy feels the same or not, but. Um, 
yeah, that's that's my that's my two cents worth on this one. I'm very concerned by this, and um, I'm not happy about it at all, to be honest. Because in my eyes, that um, <laughs> you know, the the title deed, to, you know, the piece of paper you have to say this is this is your house, this is my house and land, sort of thing, um, is worthless now for some reason. So, and just because they say so, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy, hey, and you hit the nail right on the head there, mate, in terms of some of the concerns that I initially thought when I first saw this. It's it, There's so many what-ifs that can develop from this situation. Oh, yeah. and, and when you think that this electronic system has only been in since 1994, every house pre-1994 means that they have a physical certificate of title which overwrites the electronic laws or, or procedures or whatever, it, how it's structured at the moment. So that is a bucket load of people. And how many people are elderly? How many people are not, you know, are not up to date with computers? How many do not know how to access this? What type of... Um, what type, as you hear the sirens... Yeah, they're coming for you. The like they heard you. They're listening. Coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get this paragraph out before they come. Um, but um, <laughs> but in, in a sense, like, what does that leave for the vulnerable and, and the weak in society? And, and, and what does it mean for this agenda that we're talking about? And just to clarify for some people out there, if you don't know what a certificate of title um, sort of is, it, it sort of encompasses very key aspects of um, the uh, ownership of your house. So if you want to transfer your title, if you want to register leases for your house, mortgages, charges, all these types of things are dictated underlying by um, the certificate of title. And some of the concerns that have just directly been raised have been the possibility of electronic fraud, which we see rampant all over Australia. And there's also no security so, like, say if you are a, a lender or a charge holder, what you normally do with this certificate is keep it as a type of security to ensure that a proprietor of land is complying with their obligations. So, if they have a debt to repay, that means that that's there to, to um, obviously prove that. So, all of this is going to go out the window. And, and, and those are just the direct concerns. But, Andy, I'll throw over to you, mate, just to get your thoughts there's also that looming bigger concern of this Agenda 2030, sustainable development, removal of all land rights, that this could be, um, you know, one of the, the opening options to get us through there. Because once the paper's gone, all it takes, as General said, is a, is a, a digital event to happen. Everything's wiped and now you can no longer prove that you own your house anymore. What are your thoughts on this story, Andy, I'll throw over to you, mate, just going through all of those concerns. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Um, yeah, look, uh, your comment about the debt to repay really uh, is probably, like, the biggest thing. Obviously, it's total control, right? Like, if, if, if it's all, all locked within government servers and everything in there, it's absolute control. So we have to, we have to put absolute trust in basically um you know property ownership and and the um the proof of that with with our government okay which is scary thought all on its own so you know so if you can imagine like if let's just say taxation went from say 30 percent to i don't know say 70 percent or something like that and no one no one can afford to pay their taxes and etc cetera, etc cetera. and the government can quite easily and fluidly uh 
like retake property that you might have acquired, you know, simply because they have their the digital like um, title deeds all within their own own reach. Then it's it's super easy, isn't it? Like it's mm-hmm. and and also the other thing that um uh you know we'll get onto the topic as well, but I, it actually ties in with the um the uh, the whole ten thousand dollar cash limit as well, like or or basically the the removal of cash from our society. So we're going to remove cash and remove um, like like paper copies of like title deeds. Um, then you know it's it's a terrifying future, isn't it? We're basically putting all our trust in government and big banks. <laughs> So mm. yeah, um, you know, I'm sweating, boys. I'm sweating already over the, over this kind of like future. Mm. But and um, you know, one yeah, of the things, and I'll, I'll sorry, right, go. go yeah, go. absolutely, mate. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right there. And one of the things that just to expand on that, one of the things that I thought of was I heard um, a quote years ago from um, a Google executive who said that we are going to enter the digital art dark ages one day. There will come a point where everything is stored digitally, everything is operated digitally, and then one catastrophic event will bring about um, the the digital dark ages, similar to what the concept is of the dark ages back in the medieval times, where we just lost everything, we have no connection to culture, to anything like that, because everything has just been wiped. And when you think of news is digital now, textbooks, history books are becoming digital. There's so many things in the world that are not having physical representations, um, you know, to to back it up. And as you mentioned, Andy, cash, cashless society, all of these things are going digital. And and what's to stop us just, as this Google executive said, entering a digital dark age? That's my um, main concern with it, fellas. And and that's one of the main things that I think about with this this ongoing digital transition. Would you agree, General? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. That's and that's similar to the what are the concerns I raised before. You know, all it will take is one sort of yeah. event, and if it's not, I mean, <laughs> what I what I reckon will probably happen is, you know, they're going to make this big push for all of this stuff to be done in a digital way. Then the government will fuck it up. They'll realize they can't handle it. They can't do it. They'll then outsource it to someone else. And you'll probably have a foreign, a foreign nation like China, yeah, exactly, Andy, who will then be in charge of all this shit. And uh, well, yeah, well, the, we've just washed our hands of it and say good kiss, you know, kiss a goodbye right there and then. They're already. I mean, I saw some disturbing stuff um, online just in regards to this sort of foreign stuff happening now. Sorry, segueing here. I know that, but someone was saying that even even our military uniforms in Australian military uniforms. <laughs> made in china as well like there's just this ridiculous yeah. push to have everything outsourced and pushed and done overseas you know what i mean like it's just ridiculous so it wouldn't surprise me if that's gonna happen and you know we could be sitting here you know doing a general, general knowledge podcast 2.0 in 10 years time and sitting back talking about this and having a laugh going <laughs> told you we were right you know <laughs> yeah yeah did, did you guys try call that bloody indian call center again to get your fun switched on god yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's what it's going to be like it'll be all outsourced indian 
telephone operators you won't be able to get through to to claim that you own land <laughs> you know it's yeah. just gonna oh man yeah. yeah it's a dystopic view that's for sure but that's it's kind of the i mean it might be a little bit um pessimistic but i, I mean i'm actually more more a realist than any than an optimist or a pessimist and i think that's just the realization of what's happening so anyway it's the reality of the world yeah, yeah. folks it's, everything's and, uh, outsourced now it's almost developed yeah, yeah. like Ethan said, folks can go and check that one out over at tottnews.com. Uh, land ownership papers to be made redundant, so please go and like and share and spread that information around so um, people can get angry and maybe try and do something about that. Um, we've probably got a, bit of time. We've got a little bit of time. We can do another one if you want, man, if you want to switch over to um, to the next one. Yeah, mate, I'll, I'll quickly um, just run through this and, and get your thoughts on it. Obviously, back to sort of my, my central topic here, my baby, the, the technocratic emerging, you know, surveillance society that yeah, Australia we, has we been talk witnessing. Yeah, we do about this a lot, but it's good to keep our finger on this. So, yeah, definitely, definitely go over this one. Yeah, absolutely. So, just getting back to this, it's um, a, a new development that has, has emerged um, in terms of this whole push to, as I said, this whole surveillance society here in australia and, and it's based on um continuation of, of coverage that that really started in 2017 and it happened gentlemen after that las vegas shooting that happened everywhere so oh, yeah, yeah. just to give a little yeah you remember when we had a chat about that yeah. um just privately we were covering all of that and when that shooting happened in las vegas old mate from the the apartment it brought all the duffel bags in just to give some context, the Australian government actually held a Council of Australian Governments coalition meeting. And what they wanted to do, or they agreed to at that meeting, was to for another overhaul of anti-terrorism legislation. Now, this is something that we've followed for years. You know, Newman Hayter, Sydney Siege. Every time there's something like this, there's, there's a new revamp to anti-terrorism legislation. But the, the most important thing that arose from this latest meeting in 2017 was that they want to develop a national identification database that will be able to identify potential terrorists across a national network of CCTV cameras. So this um, is the latest development in that. So I'll just read out the introduction of this article. It's titled Facial Recognition Legislation Now Under Review. Okay, so the Australian government is pushing ahead with plans to develop a national facial recognition database with long overdue reviews into identity security laws now underway in Parliament. The Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security is currently discussing three new controversial pieces of legislation after state governments unanimously agreed to develop the biometric identification system in 2017. So that's the meeting that I was just describing then. All state governments got together. And what happened during this meeting, and there, there's a sister article on TOTT News where called Revealed, Australia's National Facial Recognition System. And what they proposed in this meeting was to hand over all drivers and passport photos to a central database so bypassing state laws on trying to, you know, um, get information about other people, just bypass that all, a central database with all of our identities on it so that we can be matched via facial recognition cameras. And it, it sort of, after this announcement happened, it sort of just went 
under the wing. What we saw last year was two laws introduced similar to these laws now, but due to the federal election, um, everything lapsed. So there was there was a lapse um, just based on obviously there was I think there was transitionings of parliamentary staff and the attorney general, all this type of stuff. Right, so so somewhere along the lines. Yeah, it, it just lapsed and it sort of disappeared off the shelves. Now, this is the latest um, development that is happening. So I got a media release from the Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security because I, back in 2017, entered my details to make sure I stay up to date on this so you get emails about it. Um, and what they have announced is that they're going to review three new national security bills. So the first one is the Identity Matching Services Bill. And what this will do is, quote, facilitate the secure, automated and accountable exchange of identity information between the Commonwealth and state and territory governments pursuant to the objectives of the intergovernmental agreement. So that's the agreement that they all signed. And what this law is going to bring about is pretty much the justification, the legal proof, the legal, um, obviously, you know, the, the approvement to share our identities. The second one is a, an amendment to the passports um, legislation that we have, the Australian Passports Amendment Bill 2019. That also just gives um, permission for our passport photos to be handed over. And there's also going to be, with the third one, a review of counterterrorism legislation, which we've been covering since 2014. So, gentlemen, three new pieces of legislation um, in the parliament now, under review after a bit of a delay, and the ultimate goal is to develop a central database with all of our identities on it that are allowed to be exchanged between governments so that we can be identified wherever we go across the country. Now, before... We get into some of, obviously, the deeper things. I want to throw over to you there first, General, just to get your thoughts on this. It seems like Australia's push towards a sophisticated surveillance society is back in full swing. And and and, and the, the underlying premise of this will be national facial recognition database. What are your thoughts on this, General, um, that um, it's, it's back on the tracks, so to speak, now? Oh, I don't know about you boys, but man, I feel so much safer right now because of this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I just this, I can just feel the safety because of this. You know what I mean? Oh, I just feel so secure because they're going to have all of this. You know, hey, <laughs> fucking hell! Feel the love. I'm feeling the love coming from. All oh, the it's way. it's like the government just just wrapped me up in a big warm blanket to make me feel safe and secure. And you know, they've got all their all my pictures and my facial recognition, you know, my my biometric data is all in their hands and. You know what I mean? Like, um, they're, they're going to protect me from all the bad people of the world because they have all this information. Oh, what a fucking crock of shit. <laughs> I mean, far out. Oh, we, we, go, we talk about this so much, hey, about how they're just gobbling up all of this data on all of us. And now they're, of course, now changing the framework and all these legislations and amendments and of, of the current bills that are out there um to mm. to to fit their agenda of of allowing and and having the law say that it's okay for them to soak up even more of this data um you know because it's going to make us safer it's it's for national security you know what i mean 
fucking hell like <laughs> what, what was that what's that famous one of the, i don't even know if he actually really did say it but there's that quote from was it one of the prime ministers the um, president's jefferson i think it was when you when you give up uh, privacy for security you'll have neither privacy or security something like that so um mm. i probably butchered yep. his quote there but anyway i'm just paraphrasing uh but yeah it's so true like we're we're, we're giving up so much of, of our rights you know um, and they're just changing, they're uh, altering the framework of all these laws so they can say, they can do it by the book, um, and then be able to soak up even more of our of our data and um, using all of these cameras, not just to watch our movements, but to track sp- specific people with um, the technology now increasing to, um, to 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 actually see your face. I mean, it's. I kind of think, yeah, you see all these Asians driving around and walking around in the city and stuff, and they've got these little face masks on, like those surgical face masks, because they, they don't want people breathing all over them and all that sort of stuff. It's probably mm. going to come down to the fact that you know, they'll probably outlaw those before we know it, because um, people are going to go down that path of not wanting to be bloody recognized all the time. You know, if you're going to have a little bit of security, you're going to have to have something covering your face, because otherwise they're going to, you know, they're going to recognize you, they're going to track who you are and where you're going. And hey, look, I suppose. They've already got you, you know, as long as you're carrying your mobile phone on you, they can probably do that anyway. But I guess this is just allowing them uh, even more of a, of a free pass to do it. Yeah, this is where we're heading. Yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely is, General. But I feel and, safe, and, Ethan. I, feel and real I completely safe, agree. <laughs> and that's and that's that's all that matters mate as long as, as you're safe and we can get some more cameras in your house directly oh, oh please you know yep. <laughs> we'll eventually get them into your brain as well it's just going to get safer and safer and safer for you mate thank you so much Ethan. <laughs> but no it's um yeah no it's it's, it's exciting times but as, as you mentioned this is it's just ridiculous mate and and yeah. for those out there who this might be a new premise to have not heard of this um, facial recognition system um, you know it's already here and it's not just law that's being theorized you know this will pass and as we've spoken about in other episodes the framework is already being built all across the country as part of the smart cities agenda 2030 initiative we're seeing the perth cbd roll out facial recognition cameras all across perth we're seeing darwin with their switching on darwin project we're seeing cctv cameras Um, being added across the Esplanade and and in the CBD. We're seeing this amount all over the country. And what we've spoken about before on TOTTnews.com and realnewsaustralia.com, speaking about things like facial recognitions for passports, public transport for schools, facial recognition is the new thing and and the structure is already being built all across Australia. What these laws are going to do is pretty much bring in the framework to to say yes this is legal and yes you can now legally start spying on people and once that's in you know it becomes a greater issue um, more than just security and and, and all of this type of stuff it, it becomes almost a, a waiting period to see well where will this then be taken further and um, Andy as we've spoken about before here on the podcast mate it almost seems like that type of scenario national facial recognition um, technology where if I fly from Queensland to Tasmania a camera will recognize me as Ethan from Queensland just like that this type of scenario Andy you know it leads the way to 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 what we've been predicting about a similar Chinese social credit system that could emerge what are your thoughts on this mate do you see 
um, how we're we're transitioning to what I would describe as as a similar model that's that's being introduced over here. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, if we can go back to our previous conversation with, um, you know, title deeds being digital and in control of government, um, money, basically currencies, uh, all digitally in the form of, of like basically under the control of big banks, which are, you know, linked with government. And now our personal data, including our facial recognition data, like all under the control of government. And when you talk about airports, I mean, I travel internationally quite a bit. And I can tell you right now, everything is like um, there's no customs guy stamping your passport anymore when you leave the mm. country. It's all done by facial recognition. You, you stand up to a, a, a camera and it looks at your face, analyzes it, and then and then compares it with your actual passport, and then you then the door opens and your swings open. So anybody travelling outside of the country, a holiday or anything like that, is all part of this facial recognition system and database. So um, mm. it's here now, boys. It's it's fully operational right now. And uh, yeah, this legislation that you're talking about, it's like it's <laughs> man, it's just it's so done. It's so the green light. It's so it's a green light. It's just being ticked off like legally, and I reckon within a couple of years it'll all be fully rolled out and fully legally um, mandated and operational. No, no question at all in my mind with the whole thing. So yeah, but but, um, but you're safe yeah. now, Andy. You're safe. <laughs> oh, man. I feel so safe too. <laughs> like a People big say warm to, blanket. With the Australian people federal say, government logo on it. <laughs> oh, people, people say to me, oh, you know, don't you, you know, you travel to PNG and stuff. I said, I said man, I, tra- I feel so much more safer in PNG than what I would do, for instance, travelling to Melbourne or Sydney. So, mm. so you know, jam, jam that where it fits. It's just, you know. I mean, yeah, what's what, all of this stuff that they're rolling out for, for of course, our, our security. I mean, it is not going to stop fuckwits like the dude that was, you know, stabbed the woman in that CBD in, was it Sydney or Melbourne recently? Um, you know, he was a mental health patient that had got out from his ward or wherever and, you know, stabbed one woman, cut someone else, and then those, you know, the guys, you know, pinned him down with a milk crate and a chair. Um, you know, it's not going to stop. The, the, the lone dickhead that goes out and does this sort of stuff. Like, what is a, a facial recognition camera going to do to prevent that? I mean, the police took way, way too long to get to the, the scene as it was. I mean, there were fireies and stuff yeah. there before cops were there. You know what I mean? Like, how about just putting more, you know, if you want to make people, you know, feel a bit more safer, maybe just in, increase the, the foot patrols a bit more or have, you know, increased response times to these sort of things. You know what I mean? Like, it, it took them way too long you know to get there for something like this in, in, in the, you know, in the, in the long run. It's just, it, like, what, what is a facial recognition camera system going to do to prevent that? It's Fucking the, jack shit. It's to do with control. Exactly. It's not about safety. Like, we keep, that's why I keep making fun of it because it's not about safety. It's not about making us feel safe. It's about... Like Andy just said, it's about control, folks. Track and trace yep. and control. It is a method of control. Yep. And it's the ultimate form of control. Like think once this system is in play, if there's somewhat, if there's something similar to a, a social credit rating um, in society where if you jaywalk, you, you get down a point. If you don't pay your debt, you get down a point. 
it, all mm. of this is going to be um, in there, but it's also going to be for things like sustainable development. Okay, we, we can now see that Ethan Nash is using over his oxygen limit or his fuel limit or he's gone outside of a you know a, an environmental zone that's yeah, been we've made endangered. About that before, yeah. Exactly. Like it's going to be the underlying control of this system because you will not be able to go anywhere without these cameras recognizing and identifying and, and wrapping back to what we were talking about at the start this is why i love what they're doing in hong kong so much with all of the laser shows and everything because they're showing us pretty much the first instances of humans against this technology that will by the looks of it eventually come to to control all of our lives you know what i mean so there might i'm, I'm sure there's ways to get around it but this will be the underlying system that makes everything else function going yeah. forward. Yeah. Because a way you're accountable it, we'll, 24-7. Yeah, we'll have to find a way. And there are ways to circumvent this stuff. And um, it's good to see that some of those folks over there have found a way to do it. Um, but yeah, if anyone else out there knows any other ways to circumvent these sort of things, then feel free to spread that information around because, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And it's, um, yeah, if they're going to go and put these systems in place against us, then that we... There was or there will be a pushback. It just depends on how big we push. That's all. Mm, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So that's available at tottnews.com for everyone to go check out facial rec recognition legislation uh, now under review, and we'll be following that closely. Awesome, good stuff, uh, and great work as always, uh, boys. Good insights and good comments. This is why I like having all three of us on the podcast. It's good to see. Um, we did touch on just briefly too, I think I broke it to Andy when you weren't here for the last one, uh, Ethan, but uh, like you and I discussed off air on the previous one when, when you were on, uh, yeah, we are looking at doing that uh, live podcast, get out and about and um, well, the three of us sit down and record somewhere and um, get a, let a whole bunch of our listeners and followers know so we can do a bit of a catch up session, get to know some of the folks who are uh, who do support the things that we uh, the things that we do and the work that we do? So it'll be great to do, and we'll we'll, we'll try and nut, nut out some details with regards to that soon. Um, I think I mentioned that I'd like to do it maybe sort of towards the end of spring or something. I think it'll be nice weather, good time of year to do it, and get people out and about for a, a cold beverage and and uh, and sit down and, and have a listen and uh, enjoy the enjoy the company. I think well when, when we do a podcast, I think that'll be really good. I'm looking forward to, to mm. actually doing that because uh, you said you've got the gear to be able to do that, which is awesome. And then uh, yeah, when we get mm -hmm. back home, we'll upload it and put it out there for everyone to, to do. But I think it's going to be, I've been really keen to, to kind of get in contact and just to reach out to all the folks out there that are actually listening to uh, to us and who are reading us and follow us and comment on our pages and, and all that. And if there's, if, if there's going to be some in Brisbane who are willing to, to come out and say g'day and actually put a you know an actual face to the name we see online, then it'd be great. I think it's really good to sort of network like that and, and just increase our presence, you know what I mean? And let folks know that we are three real blokes we're not bots sitting here you know <laughs> doing this sort of shit it's um and it's <laughs> something we're really passionate about but you know i think learning uh, and hearing the stories and talking to people who are you know who are out there like you've reached out to, to a few people who follow you and you know they come on your member podcast now and again which is really good to see so i think actually getting out and just having a bit of a social event and then doing a live podcast is going to be really good for us um so i hope you boys are still keen as mustard mm. for that one yeah, Super absolutely. Keen, I'm general. looking forward Super to that. Keen. Awesome. Good to hear. All right, lads. Well, I'm, I'm happy to wrap that one up for today, unless anyone else wants to uh, chime in and uh, sign us off with something uh, else to ponder for the time being. 
Uh, just very, very quickly, a couple of things. Um, AVN uh, having a uh, an event in Perth. Look that one up. Uh, it's happening this weekend. Uh, we didn't cover flu mandatory for frontline healthcare workers in Victoria. We'll cover that some other time. Uh, a movie to uh, maybe investigate, The Hunt, um, is uh, happening uh, this month. It's quite a controversial movie. We'll cover that some other time. And basically, I wanted to touch basically on an article on Real News Australia, uh, the MMR vaccine, um, the uh, basically the culture origin of the uh, from aborted babies. Uh, just some like nice, comforting little um, you know uh, note for people who are contemplating an MMR vaccine that your MMR vaccine comes uh, delivered courtesy of. An aborted fetus. So, yes, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just maybe just a little reminder. But, mm. um, but that's it from me, General. Awesome. Thanks, man. Um, good to, yeah, good to touch. So many good things. We, like we, Andy said earlier, we, we could literally take this podcast to about three hours, you know, and we can just keep going. There's so many things to talk about, but we don't want to keep everyone, uh, you know, bored out of their minds. We, uh, we try and cover some key topics and, and uh, keep it fairly concise for everyone and, and uh, have a bit of fun with it, which is good. So thanks again, everyone out there who supports us. Ethan, are you good to go for this one? Anything else? Yeah, no, nothing else from me. Just to thank everyone for tuning in again. Um, always, As always, head over to tottnews.com if you want to check out my uh, more of my work and, and some of the things that we've spoken about on the podcast today. Um, thank you again to all the members out there that, um, you know, help keep my operation running. I know that you're listening. Always appreciate your support and, and we'll be back here with um, more news next time. Looking awesome. forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll sign off now. Cheers.